Welcome back to Season 7 of Sunday Night Teacher Talk. This show is a live Q&A show that happens every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for one purpose, to help you be the teacher that you're called to be, the teacher that you always dreamed of being. We recognize that Sundays can be the most stressful day of the week in the education world, so we gather as a community to prepare together for the upcoming week. Enjoy the show. Can you hear us now? Let me know, Lopez. Anyway, here we go. We are, um, I'll, I'll wait. Yeah. Let us know if you can hear us. Yeah. Just anybody, drop in the anybody? chat if you can hear us. Oh, yep. We're good. Cool. All right. So this is a, a particularly, I think, uh, timely Sunday night teacher talk because it is, it's people are going back to school tomorrow and that is nerve wracking. Uh, because you, you like had this, these handful of days off and now you're like, Oh my gosh, like, what do we do? What do we, uh, like, I should have prepped more. I should have got ready more, but I was like too busy, like hanging with my family and stuff. And so I want you to know that that is part of the reason that we designed this time. So when you're, when you are watching Sunday night teacher talk, it's not just like a break, right? If you're watching this live, not just a break, you're literally doing PD. You're literally prepping your your mind and your lessons and helping other people get ready for the week. So keep that in mind. Like it, this should be. I, I think people should get professional development credit for showing up every week and, I agree. and stuff. Um, I don't know how we do that, but you know, I just think it should happen. Anyway, if you have a question about anything uh, school or life related, just drop it into the chat, and uh, we try and go in order. So, Kelly who dropped a question in there at 12.06 p.m. Um, you're up first, so we'll get that to that. But like, just if you put a cue or a question before it, it just helps us to know that it's there. That's a really good note for people. If the if you see the live coming up thing on our channel and you want to get in there really early and post a question, like, go ahead. Yeah. I guess you can. Yeah. That's awesome. Or I've even had people DM. That's a little bit trickier to hold on to because then I got to remember. And the older I get... <laughs> Turned 47 last, right? I'm 47? 47. Yes. <laughs> Keep forgetting. Those mid-40s, it's just like after 45, you're like, ah, I'm 40-something. <laughs> I'm almost 50. That's that's what you think, but not quite. Let's so, not yeah. hurry that. Yeah. All right, Kelly, you're up next. Uh, how do you not allow the negativity around education and teaching bringing you down? I'm a mom of four kids under 11 years old, Oof. and I'm mentally struggling to stay on my A game after teaching all day. So I, one, it's, it's all intentionality. Um, this camera looks horrible now. I don't know what, now we got one good camera and one camera looks like garbage. Oh, anyway, uh, I'm going to talk anyway. Kelly, it is a hundred percent intentionality and married with a heavy, heavy dose of grace. So for me, it is that morning routine that I spoke about is incredibly important. Um, I also have an evening routine where I did an experiment last year. I, I think I talked about this recently on Sunday Night's Talk, but like I had an experiment I did like, uh, I think it was last the last school year that I had where for like a week, I went home on time. So as, as soon as I was contractually allowed to leave the building, I left the building. And then I got home and 
my wife used to say like, dude, just take a, like, just don't come in the house right away. Cause especially when your kids are little, that's like, my kids would like meet me at the door and like, they start hugging your legs and it's like, let's go for a walk. Let's go to the park. Let's go do something. Look, come look at this drawing I did. It is like immediate. You're like, they want you to be on. So instead I would either stop down, down the street. I would take like, stop at a park that was near my house. Um, Dry, like the Delaware River was like three blocks from our house or something. Stop there or just stay in my car in, in the front of the house and just pray for a minute or I would meditate for a minute. I This is a really great place where uh, like a Calm app comes into play or something like that. And just take a moment, right? So what I was doing there, it doesn't have to be long. It is an intentional moment where I'm sort of noting the, the all right, I left school and this is where I'm, I am going to. And then I didn't end up doing that for a very long time, but, I, but I did, I did it for a stretch. Then it was making sure I was getting enough sleep every night. So figuring out how much sleep I, I I'm actually just about to order this. Um, I, I want to get an aura ring, which is a, is a ring that you wear. And it tells you like how much sleep you got how much quality sleep you got, how many REM cycles you entered into. I have zero idea how they measure this stuff, but I've heard enough reviews on it because I really want to see is the sleep that I'm getting actually quality sleep. So that's that's part of it. I think the other, when it comes to grace, it's remembering that, so so leaving school early and going to bed, let me say this first, is, is was a step towards, I want to give my kids, I want to give my kids at least as much attention, energy, and love as I give other people's kids. So that was why I started leaving early because I just felt like I was just spending more time with other people's kids. Then the, 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 the switch was remembering that when my kids were little, it didn't take much. So although I felt like I wasn't doing all the stuff with them every day and I'd see my friends on Instagram and they're like here and there and everywhere with their kids, it was realizing that what my kids needed most was my time, love and attention. And that was it. And, and so I, I used to make up like weird games that would allow me to chill. But all, like, so even if that was, I used to play mine. I was just telling the story last night. I used to play Minecraft with my daughter and we would play split screen on the TV, meaning I'm playing on one side of the TV. She's playing on the other. I would just make my character. I put my finger enough on the little button thing enough to make them spin slowly. So it constantly looked like I was moving, but she wasn't paying attention to my person anyway. And then I would close my eyes and take a nap. And so that just helped me. Then I found out that if I even just came home and took a nap, a 30 minute nap meant that my kids got the rest and the best of me for the rest of the day, or they got the best of me for the rest of the day. Right. So it was then figuring out like, could I take a 20 minute walk with the kids? Could I go to the park for 15 minutes? It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be super involved. Every day is not like we're playing dress ups and, and doing lightsaber fights, which is something that we did, was just giving enough. I'm curious if you have a thought on that, because you you were on the opposite side of that. You saw me coming home. Was there were there things that you saw worked, or things that you that like maybe a mom is thinking of that a dad wouldn't think of? Yeah, I think remembering that it doesn't have to be huge right it doesn't have to be these like we're gonna get all the crafts out and do all the arts and crafts projects um and all the stuff like that man it's i think it's just 
like you said, it's your time, attention, and love. I think more than anything, kids want just your attention. So it's making sure that you're like really not multitasking um, and that sort of stuff. Like when your little ones are talking to you or want to tell you about their day, it's like you're really just giving them your attention. I think we overestimate how much our kids need us. Now, little ones, you have four under 11. That's different. Like the younger they get, the more they do need help uh, with different things and navigating things and being taught things. But um, especially 11 and older, it's like they need your attention, but real direct. I will say that that was the biggest thing that there was no phone around when you came home. It was like, I'm just being with the kids. Um, and it's simple things. And you really tried to combine things that you knew would be um, dual purpose. Like, I'm going to spend time with the kids. Like, we're going to go for a walk. We did something together. But the walk is really good for yeah. you after school. Like, as just being in a classroom all day, it was nice to take a walk. Um, we're going to sit and play video games kind of for them. But you also could kind of, like, nod out for, like, 10 minutes or 15 minutes here and there yeah. while you were playing. I was speaking um, Minecraft sitting and watching a show together on the couch. Like you can kind of like take a little nap and close your eyes and get a quick like power nap in while you're also yeah. just cuddling on the couch. And they don't always notice those little things, the little ones, especially. No, they, they don't. And that's a really good point because what they, what I can see in our kids as they've got as with a 14 year old and a 16 year old, that they don't remember what we did, but they remember how they felt. Yep. And so my daughter doesn't remember any, I, I wasted so much money even going to Disney and on all kinds of vacations. Cause she doesn't remember one waste, thing about, but it was a waste. She, she really um, doesn't remember like all the crafts, all the things. No, that but we she remembers did. the feeling of being loved. And I can, I, how do I know that? Yeah. Cause I can see it in her. Um, when she, we're just sitting there together as a family and she goes, this is my 14 year old daughter, right? We're, we're like, we're in the teens. She goes, I just love our family. Yeah. What? Like, I'm like, I just, it's kind of like, man, we did, we did, we did something right. But so um, it's really like, it's not, magical. it's not overestimating like what you do. It's not about what you do. It's about really just being with them. Your, what do you call it? Your time, attention and energy and love. Yeah. yeah like that's it. And mom hacks, I would say, man, try and make your life as easy as, as possible. One sheet pan dinners are like key. I loved those during yep. toddler years because it's like I could do everything on a sheet pan and be really quick. So any sort of like dinner hacks and don't feel bad about serving chicken nuggets and broccoli if that's your jam. Like and you got to do that a couple times a week. Like you just think it's I get surviving. Tired of it. I get tired of it. But, yeah. you know, I can. I'll, I'll They'll do. You make your own dinner then. <laughs> next question. That's not happening. <laughs> All right. Elise is up next. Um there's another comment she wants to just say thank you so much for your help a couple of weeks ago she asked a question about giving presentation, presentation. Yep. yeah and she said it helps so much she totally crushed it awesome love it yeah so her question is uh i take my students for a 20 to 25 minute walk every day lifelong fitness work preparedness mental health etc last week they made bad choices on the walk and yep. when i called them out on it they Ooh, yell and swore at me. And the next day they came to school and acted like nothing happened. We're going to have a family meeting tomorrow about yep. the conflict and resolution. Any tips or advice? For me, it is starting. It's, it's starting beyond the, what we did, right? So it's, why are we doing what we do? Why are we taking a walk every day? Um, do we, do we even acknowledge like, like it's, 
it's painting the picture sometimes of like, this isn't, I don't have to do this. This isn't part of the curriculum. Um, I know my daughter and like thing of 20, 25 minutes outside, my daughter in, in first, second grade got seven minutes of, of recess every day. So that's a huge chunk of time that is being gifted. I think the problem with gifts are people forget about them five minutes after they got them, or this becomes a regular part of our rhythm and kids have to be checked sometimes. But human beings have to be checked sometimes, right? When you are sitting there loathing about your life or your house isn't what you wanted it to be, or you're again, watching someone on Instagram and seeing it or seeing how someone decorated on Pinterest, it's real quick to look, to forget to look around and see your blessings. And I think students are no different. They forget to see their blessings as well. So what do we do about that? It is regularly checking in and, and you know, uh, and saying something about that. So for tomorrow, it's painting the picture. Yo, listen, y'all, I don't have to do this, but I want to do it. I think it's good for you. I think, I think people enjoy doing it. Last week, got out of pocket. But I'm going to tell you right now, that can't go that way. It will not go that way. We will not do this activity if we can't act accordingly. And then what's wrong with your behavior? Like, let me, let me, let me spell it out. Cause I don't just want to say that you weren't behaving. What were you doing that was problematic and why? Not just cause I said so, but it's like, are we being poor neighbors? Are we being a poor representation of what our school's doing here? Are you making me look bad? Like I'm not here on these streets, like trying to like take a walk with you and you're making it look like I have like the most unkept class ever. And that's going to make, so why is that a problem? Because admin's going to, cause I don't care what people think of me, but admin's going to come to me and they're going to tell me to shut it down. Then it takes the power out of my hands to even be able to do this. So it's talking about that and then, and painting that picture. And then it's moving into, I'm going to tell you, I felt some type of way about the way that I was treated when I, when I told you that it like that things went poorly last week, right? Let them know how you felt. And then to me, it's, did I do something that honestly, like I'm really looking for it. Did I do something that would, that deserved that reaction? Kids are by and large going to forget the next day, right? I couldn't tell you how many times as a kid, I, got an argument with my friend the next day at school. I just didn't even want to have the uncomfortable conversation. So I just pretended it never happened so that we could just move on with life. And that's because I was never taught to do that. Once you see what they have to say, it's speaking back to that. And then coming up with ways, letting them know, one, what are some better ways that we can figure this out going forward? Um, and then two, what are we like letting them know that should this happen again, I'm telling you right now, it's a wrap. Like we're not doing this um, because I am not putting, because I love myself too much to put myself in that position. Right. So, and that's an example to all of you that to, saying this to your kids, to all of my students that you should never put up with someone else badgering you, beating you up, using their words to try and hurt you. What? No over. So I, that's where I would start. Um, and then when I going forward, it's a constant reminder of like, whether you're saying it to the whole class or whether you're saying it to individual students and just remind them like, yo, is this so great? Like who's ready for like, boy, basically my favorite time of the day. Cause we get to take a walk or you're walking along with a kid and saying like, I just love this. Like, it's so beautiful out here. And I love that we get these like one-on-one -on -one moments and get to connect and whatever it is that you love about it. 
it's that constant reminder of, isn't this great? We have to remind kids of that goodness. We can't get ju just get, I had a video last week about practicing gratefulness, but part of what I talk about in that video is with like practicing gratefulness with students and getting them to practice it is we have to remind them. We have to create opportunities for them to feel thanks because kids developmentally are so prone to just look at themselves and think about themselves that they only think of me and never we. And so we have to provide moments, provide opportunities so they can exercise that muscle and build that rhythm in their own lives. And I think that's important for adults. Absolutely. We, we just talked I mean, about that's this why morning, we had right? Thanksgiving, right? Like yeah. it's a moment to at least acknowledge and recognize and be grateful for what we have because it's you can get caught up in, in all the things. Yeah. Um, all right. Maisha is up next. Hey, you're here. Uh, and um, asking now that we have become one to one, I still feel a pull to not have them on the computer, especially when there is a substitute. How can I balance the digital and analog uh, assignment? So he, he, I heard someone once speak about this and say, like, technology is a tool. It is not a babysitter. Sometimes you need the tool, right? So the other day I'm teaching my boy because now, you know, we live out and we're out here trying to be urban cowboys. So we were chopping wood, never chopped wood in my whole life. So then I'm, <laughs> I go from student to teacher in like five seconds. I'm teaching my son how to chop wood. And um, some of the wood was good enough to just hit it with an ax. Some wood needed a hatchet and a sledgehammer. I'm not really sure if that's how people do it, but that's how we do it in the city. Um, there's some cowboy watching this going around. What are you even, what are you even talking about right now? Um, but it's what tools do you need to get the job done? Where do I need kids to be? What do I need them to learn? And then backwards engineering that and figuring out what do I need to do to get them there? Sometimes it is tech. Some tech is just great. Like Flowcabulary is just a great platform. It's just super useful. Um, there are certain reviews or certain websites or certain apps that just make it easier, better, and and more engaging sometimes it's remembering how can we go full analog on this and how are students like what is but but you have to know why you're doing it um so but i think teachers i've seen teachers i won't say teachers do this i've seen teachers overuse technology and it becomes a babysitter because i can put you on um, a website and I won't say anyone's name, but like I can put you on a website and you can read your little passage and the questions are there and the assessments there and it's going to track how fast you're moving and all that stuff. And then teachers are just doing nothing. And it's like, I see, look, I know how much there is to do as a teacher. I can see even the value of doing that, that you get a little bit of time back in your day so you can actually like get stuff done. But are we, if education is the primary purpose, what are we using these tools for and then making sure we're using them appropriately? And then I think the balance finds itself. I, you know, there's a ton of stuff I could do on a computer even now that I could do, but I like writing it down or, or I find that I, because just because taking notes online might be good for some kids, some kids it's writing them down and the, and research shows that by writing something down, you have a far greater chance of retaining that information than typing it anyway. So it's, I think it's making sure that it's using a tool. 
Yeah, I was going to say for me, I'm going to write it down. Like yeah. typing it is just like I'm typing it and I'm doing great at it and I can get it all down there, but I did not retain it. It's no. writing it, the action of writing it. Yeah. So I think at least it would be like you want to use analog for stuff like studying or things that you really need kids to retain, I would imagine. My, my new thing, even when reading books, is going to be I'm moving into I'm writing notes and then I'm typing them into my Google Doc. Mm. So I have a I have a Google Doc um, <laughs> for the last year for every book I read. And for every Bible study that I watch or that I do, I have there's Google Docs of just notes from every single one so that I don't have to look for them. Plus, I have a horrible habit of writing things on separate pieces of paper and posted notes and napkins and whatever else. And is there's around. a thousand of them. Yeah. Then you end up with a storage <laughs> container filled with um bathroom paper towels which are really nice to write on and napkins and those age well <laughs> all right good move me uh gian over on uh facebook is cool. asking how long did it take you to craft a top tier lesson plan when you knew a formal observation was coming your way and you knew it would be bulletproof and didn't feel waves of anxiety and paralysis by analysis over giving it to administrators that's is that even question. such a thing? Did it ever happen like that? I am. So. So, all right, I'm going to go a couple different ways with this. Right. And the first one's going to sound really narcissistic, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. I think I was able to do that in student teaching. Here's why. Because I had a great class and I knew the person observing me had coached me to a level where I could pull that off. Now, when I got into a regular, like when I was teaching, it took several years, but not because I, not it, and it wasn't because I couldn't write the lesson plan. I can come up with a great lesson plan. The question is, can I pull it off? And then can I pull it off in public? And it also depends on the person observing. So I remember getting like kind of okay reviews. Like I never got like great write-ups ever, but I would say in my first school, even as I think back, I didn't have anyone. I had good people that would come in and observe me. They just weren't really paying attention. And they, and I, how do I know that? Because I always would do this thing where I would pretend I needed to get something. I, I found out, found that someone one time was on Amazon. And because I had walked back to my desk to grab an Expo marker or something, I happened to look at their computer and they were on Amazon. So then I started making a habit out of this. I would go back to my desk to get a staple or a pen or something, look on their computer, and they were watching YouTube. They were watching a movie. They were doing working on something else. So if you're not really paying attention, then there's there was no real way for me to gauge whether or not I did well. I just felt like they were just checking boxes. It wasn't until my sixth year of teaching that I taught a lesson. Um, for my principal who really paid attention. And how do I know that? Because his review of my lesson was incredibly in-depth and gave me things to work on, gave me things I did well on. In that same year, our English department, uh, the English department lead made it a point that all English teachers had to observe one another like at least once that year. So then I was getting observed by other English teachers and that was really empowering, too, because it was like it wasn't just hits and misses. It was you really got it was someone was like, hey, look, I love how you did this. But if you did it this way, 
I think students would, whatever. That was awesome. So I think the writing, the part of it is just connecting the dots, following the rules, writing what you know that they're looking for. But then it's, how can I pull this off? That just takes a level of, for me, to be really fair and honest with you, um, John, it was not caring what, so it was partially not caring what people thought of my teaching. Um, if I knew that what I was doing was best for kids, but also I found that those observations became much better. And I was looking for feedback when I went to them ahead of time and said, Hey, listen, I know you're coming in to see me tomorrow or in two days or whatever. These are three things that I'm really trying to work on in my craft. Could you please give me your feedback on this? So now I'm actively looking for that feedback. And when they come in, I'm not afraid they're going to find fault in what I'm doing. I'm actually hoping they are because I want to level up what I'm doing. And so that, that takes some of that criticism, that sting of the criticism away because I like get excited about like, dude, what did you think about that vocab lesson? And how can I level that up? And then the next time you come in, all right. So the next time they're in, I go, I, I did this, this, and this based on last time's feedback. Let me know how I did this time. And that, I think that just helps people to not just find fault in random stuff, but like, no, like you're actively looking for feedback in certain areas. I love it. That's being on offense. Yes. Versus defense. Yes. Which you always talk about. Hey man, I'm really, I pay attention. Pay attention. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right. Gian's up next with, he's got two in a row. Do it. Uh, would you hit the gym after school when you were in the classroom daily? Getting up at 4.30 a.m. daily is tough. Five days in a row. Total believer in mind, body, and spirit connection. So I would, I, so look, I am a morning person. I'm not someone that tries to flex. Like when people ask me what time I get up in the morning, I always, there's like a little cringe that happens in front of me, like in my mind. Because although I would love to get up at 4 a.m., I just know that my life doesn't, it just doesn't play out that way right now. But it's not hard. It's not really, really hard for me to get up that early because I just am built like that. Um, however, I will say my brother-in-law, Mason, I'll go over his place and it's like nine o'clock and I'm like, yeah, all right, I got to go home because I got to go to bed in 30 minutes. He's getting ready to go for a walk read a book, play with his dog, write a book, like go to the gym, hand draw a map of the world. Yeah. Go to the gym. Like he goes to the gym at eight 30 at night. I'm like, bro, what? It's just finding what, what is best for you. The only way I can get up early in the morning though, that early in the morning is if I go to bed early enough. And that's why I don't get up at four o'clock in the morning. Cause I like praying with my, both of my kids still before they go to bed. And they don't go to bed till 9 30, 10 o'clock. So I stay up till 9 30, 10 o'clock. And um, so that's that's the reason there. I did used to go to the gym uh occasionally after school, but most of the time I liked going. I'd be there at like five o'clock in the morning and I would go to the gym. Or I did a while where I just worked out in my house. I found I bought a kettlebell, I bought a uh exercise ball so I could do like crunches on it and stuff like that, and then I bought a really sketchy pull-up bar that made me very, very nervous. That was going to just rip the trim off my door, but um, you know, stuff like that. Or I would just go running. Yeah, there was a time though that you went to the gym like after school. There was. I just don't prefer it. It's more crowded 
in it is but i mean it's seasonally it's like what is happening in your life in this season so i think it flex your your preference is definitely in the morning but But there was a season when broad's back in school i go to the gym two days a week after he gets done school yeah and i do not prefer it no but it is the season that we're in yeah yeah so you just do what you got to do all right. I love this next question from Nassim. Uh, he says, do your adolescents open up to you or are they rebellious teens that many parents have to cope with? They, we have like the least rebellious kids I've ever met in my life. Um, and why is the question. I think some of that's genetic. Um, you were way more rebellious than I. You were yeah, I was, far more that's rebellious genetic than from I your was. side, not uh, mine. <laughs> I was a good Catholic boy who thought God was going to punish me every single time I did something bad, and that's what my grandma would tell me. Um, so, so that was backed up. Uh, no, ultimately, I think that they're they are the way they are is because we created that culture within our house. Yeah. Like there wasn't when you were when you when they were little and they were really mad about things. We gave them time and space to like cool down their emotions to regulate their emotions. But then it was like, okay, we're coming back and we're having the discussion about yeah. what was happening or what, how we still could have uh, behaved better, right? And we still do this. It's way it's a it's a harder, longer parenting style, but at least I think that it was, has worked in our, on yeah. our behalf because the kids, yes. uh, you, it they open up to us a lot. Is it right away when they have something? Do they make bad decisions still? Yes. Cause they're, they're kids and they're teenagers and they're yeah. learning and growing, but they will come to us later. Even when they say like, okay, I did this thing. I'm not so sure I should have done it. Like, what do you think about it? And can we talk about it? Um, Yeah. I would say that the way I parent is the way I teach. I don't do anything different. It's always the why behind it. It's always the conversation. It's always the heavy, deep and real. It's always the like, like showering you with love, attention, energy, going to where you are. Mike, I'll go in and lay on my daughter's bed and like some every once in a while, she's like, why you come in and lay on my bed? Because I want to be near you. Um, that, why do I play Fortnite? My son knows I play Fortnite by and large because I like playing with him that when we run or take walks during the week that I'm doing this partially because I like to be with you. It's, it's all the stuff I talk about how to build relationships with students is what I do with my kids, but those just include kisses and hugs also. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Carol is asking a question and she is not the only one they're asking, where's your hoodie from? Oh, so this hoodie, um, education over incarceration, is from. I'll get real close so you can see it. Call me Shivy on or Instagram. Alfred's, well, it says Alfred's Laundry. Alfred's Laundry. Oh, so that's the you, website. I can't but... read under my chin, but uh, it's my friend Shivy, who's actually currently running for um, Atlanta Public School Board. Yes, which, if he is elected, he will be the first educator to ever be on the school board bro what if you're in atlanta educator like it just seems like a no duh like why wouldn't there be a teacher uh, or actual educator on the he had a great um, post and it was like talked about like could you imagine like on the nursing board like if there were no nurses like it's pretty common to have like are on a medical board to have like no doctors like yeah. Their boards are full with their with doctors, with nurses. That's who runs the board, but not in education. Yeah. So he's his goal was to change that. And he is 
he's doing a great job. Yeah. So anyway, I, this you're is in Atlanta. Hoodie. It's your man. Uh, we have a host of these hoodies in our all different hoodies of his. In he's our got house. all kinds of stuff. Go check them out. Uh, all right. I'm just looking for a next question. Linda is up next asking who or what inspires you currently? Um, that's such a great question. Let me think about that for a moment. Um, I think, gosh, who do I talk about lately? I There's mean, always folks, but like. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but like, yes. So. I mean, so if we take it biblically for just a second, but um, I mean, that's the truth. Like that's it's King Solomon been really, really going slow through the book of uh, first Kings and in the Bible. Um, Cause it's just so awesome. It's like, it's like practical ways of living. Uh, so that's some of it. Um, I just got into a guy named Price Pritchard who wrote a book called you squared, which is about taking quantum leaps in your life and in your business. And so what folks constantly do is like, and I knew I do this, do this for a long time in the classroom, you look for ways to just get a little bit better. And sometimes that's good, right? Like I, I'm really big, like fan of like rigging the game to win and finding these small wins that lead to, to really like, it's, um, what do I say? Small tweaks lead to, to giant, giant peaks. peaks. <laughs> However, I think every once in a while, I don't got time for that. I need a monumental change in my mind, in my body, in my spirit, in my classroom, in my business, in my marriage, in my relationship with my kids and my friends, whatever it is. And I love reading about that sort of thing of like, how do you not make a tweak, but just make a huge shift in your life? And so that is something. And then... um my guy, Myron Golden, I've been like for the last over a year, I've been listening to his stuff and uh, I just, it, I love it. I love what it does for my soul. It, it makes me think it, it's another one of those, like, it's like uh, Dr. Benjamin Hardy wrote a great book with this quantum leap idea also called 10X is easier than 2X. And it talks about this I, real quick, that this is what's inspiring to me. This idea that when we keep our goals small, we think in we we come up with solutions that are going to get us there. If you say that I want every single kid in my class to be able to do X and it's a crazy idea, right? So like when I wanted to take kids abroad the first time, it was like this, it was, it was scary. It was, it was such a big idea. And because of the, what the price point was, it makes you think differently. You have, you problem solve on a different level because you're not thinking of just this week's vocab lesson. It's how do we do vocab different altogether? That's how we're that. Like if I want vocab grades to be, everyone's got an A in vocabulary. We got to think of this way, way, way different. And so that has been incredibly inspiring for me to think of because I don't just think of like, just keep trucking along. It's like, no, we got to think of this way, way different. And so. That, that's some of the stuff lately. Great question. Caught me off guard there with that one. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Mandy is up next asking, are we blurry? Uh, it gets better. Oh. It's every time it switches to that new camera. See, now it's better. Is it? And we look tan. I don't know what this is doing. <laughs> we, look we look like we've just been out on the streets or we're Oompa Loompas. I'm not sure. 
<laughs> All right. Mandy is asking, how do you handle dealing with a negative teacher uh, team member every day? It's starting to bring the whole team down. Uh, so a couple different ways. One, I don't hang out with them. If I, if I had, I limit, I can't always cut someone out, but I can limit my exposure to them. And so that is part of it. Uh, I think about with regards to quantum leaps, like what requires me to be around them? I also turn up my joy. I know that I'm going into it. It's kind of like if you know, if someone was stinky, right? Let's, let's use this ridiculous metaphor. If someone smelled, I don't just walk in there. I hold my breath on my way by them, right? I would be like, all right, here we go. And then get in there, right? Um, it is, it's prepping myself for that. And then I turn up my joy, my love, my, you know, I find ways to kind of like laugh at what they're doing without laughing at them. I will, um, I find ways to use my humor to sort of, uh, how am I, how do I want to put this? Like shift the conversation or, or diffuse the, the situation a little bit. Um, it's, I never spend extra time talking about them. So like when someone else is there, I'll go, Oh my gosh, like Becky is such a drag every day. It is. I don't spend time with that. I just am like immediately out of there and going and doing something else because it can't change someone, but I don't let, so here, there is that thing. I forget what it's called. It's not your reticular activating system, but there's some part of your brain that when I was reading about this, so there's this theory that like you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? Which I sort of believe. Um, but in that, there is a regulator within your mind that you you try, whoever, the reason this, they say this works is that when you're hanging out with people, you start leveling up or leveling down based on who you are, because you're always trying to regulate it. Some, I forget the, the real science behind it, but so if you're hanging out with people like you think about it, you are largely the average of the five incomes you hang out with. Your marriage is largely the average of the five people that you hang out with that are married. Um, so it's it's being mindful that my mind will try to regulate and it will try to assimilate to those that are I'm around. And so knowing that I have to go in ready, like I have armor on. I have to, you know, Kevin Hart talks about picturing a force field around you. Um, it is being like prepping myself for that and then getting in and getting out as fast as I can without seeming like a weirdo, but I just limit that time and um, pray for them. And then I just make sure that the rest of the day I'm hanging out with people that are about this work because they just don't like I... Because that otherwise that will drag me down. And even if someone's talking about like, you know, these kids are so hard and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, gosh, yeah, that's really, they're really, I'm really sorry that that happens to you. Like I can be empathetic, but I just try to like, I find that like my, for me, I start talking like this and I start, my empathy comes with a place of like, I'm going to feel that way too for you. And then I got to bring myself out of that. Like out of, afterwards, like, uh-uh. It's like, man, that's really sucks. I'm really sorry that that's happening for you. Like, I would love to be able to help with that. If there's ever a way that I can do that, 
please let me know because um, I might have some ideas or I might know some of those students because, you know, I just I want you to have a great experience here. So like I'm meeting it with an energy and with a love that doesn't dismiss what you're going through. I'm just meeting you with it on a different energy level, but still trying to be caring, compassionate, loving and empathetic. Great answer. Thanks. You're really affirming today, and I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, Miguel is not up. that you're not always affirming. Just want to nah, put like, that out there. I disagree. Um, can I say something before you uh, before you kick on into this next question? Sure. It is it's Christmas time, and we have. Oh, a book. I thought you were going to sing a song. No, it's Christmas time, and Hall's yes. Queens. Mom's <laughs> cooking chicken and collard greens, rice, and pudding, macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Santa's putting presents on the Christmas. Well, Santa might be putting this present under your Christmas tree because. I have a book and I don't talk about it enough. And I just want to make sure people know about it. Cause look, basically all the stuff that we talk about all the time is I wrote it all down. It's in a book. That's, I don't remember how many pages, but it's not that long. It's not that thick of a book. Um, but it is packed with stuff that just might help you out. There are stories in here that I never, ever, ever have told online that I don't tell in presentations. Um, that are just worth your time, energy, and attention. So if you, or if you know someone, or if you want to gift your teachers like something beautiful before they go on to break, you know, teacher class off, it's available on Amazon or by, right? I don't on think, Amazon. Yeah, on Amazon is your best bet. <laughs> um, and it's Cyber Monday, so they, tomorrow. So they're probably having some kind of sale. Probably selling my book for something. <laughs> you know All right. Uh, Miguel is up next asking, as a grand what? What do you know? Gandalf. Oh, as Gandalf. Ooh. Uh, from Hold on, well, real quick. Threw me I off. Apologize. Like, Gandalf from one to I apologize. <laughs> Go ahead. As as Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, you've been working a lot and for a long time in education. What kind of books would you recommend for teachers work with students in class or learn about methods? Miguel, I'd like to tell you about this book that I wrote. It's called Teacher Class. <laughs> and I didn't see your question coming. It's kind of ironic. Um, I will tell you this. I think I don't read many education books and I never have. I read, I will read books about learning about how children best learn, but not about like, I just don't think most people are doing anything that, that nuts. And I wanted huge shifts in my class. So I would say Dave Burgess's teach like a pirate. One of the best education books I ever read in my life. It talks to you about how to hook your students in to lessons to build crazy amounts of engagement. And Dave is, I'm, look, I know Dave. He's a friend of mine. He's weird, um, weirder than me. And that is really saying something, but it's unique to who he is. So he talks you through this idea of like how to take what's unique to you, how to expand upon that and how to make this great for your students. I, I, so if I'm not reading education books, what am I reading? Um, I also think with regards to like how people learn and things of that nature, um, Jim Quick, K-W-I-K is someone I was put onto a few years ago that I've learned a lot from in the last few years. Um, I love, I think books on business do a better job of teaching folks how to connect with, with their audience. So if our audience is young people, how do we connect with young people on such a deep and profound level that they're willing to go with us into the world of education. So a book that I read last year's best book I read last year was called unreasonable hospitality, which is about the number, this guy who created the number one restaurant in the world. And it is 
the beginning of it is just kind of like his story. You got to kind of get through that, but it ends up being useful later. But it's all these ways that they just made this incredibly unique experience at their restaurant that I think if schools did a little bit more of that and a little bit less of what they're doing, it would create learning experiences for their young people, work environments for their for their teachers and staff members that like schools that would be welcoming to parents and students and making them these communal community centers instead of like these these prisons that a lot of schools have. And, and I use that like very deliberately um, where you can't even drop your kids lunch off at school. And like, no, that's a whole nother thing. Um, but it is, I just think that it um, helps us view education in a different way, in a way that makes it attractive to young people, makes it relevant to young people, makes kids excited to come to school and for parents to feel good about sending their kids to school um, and makes teachers want to show up. So yeah, those are my, those are my, and, and basically anything by Rafe Esquith. He is uh, mm -hmm. one of the greatest teachers I've ever seen in my life. Um, so yeah. Uh, what's the book that you, that you're the one really good professional development that your school did on the woman that I, was it a woman who wrote a book on um, like teenage, teaching boys? Yeah. I forget what it was. Oh, I need to look it up. Cause you, yeah. you, it's such, I remember you talking about how impactful that was yeah. and how much you learned through it. You yes. That one up. Yeah. I would also say um, Becky Schnexer's book, Exploration Science, bro. She is the teacher everyone mm. wishes their kid had in school. She is unbelievable. Absolutely. Um, Good all luck right. spelling that last name. So just look up <laughs> exploration science. You're going to see and be like, Becky, what? Yeah, well, maybe not for the rest of the people. We're just special when it comes to. Babe, Schnexer is a difficult <laughs> name. She has to explain to people how to say it every time she does, does she? the talk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She's awesome. She just came back from Antarctica. I know. Uh, Nasim is up next asking, what do you aspire to do or become in the future? Um, at peace. <laughs> I just, to be honest with you, man, I, I love what I'm doing so much. Um, I want to speak more. I rate my life every single day from zero to 10 on a number of different facets. And whenever I speak, it's a 10 every single time I speak. I love being on stage or in a classroom with teachers. It is my favorite. Uh, I want to be able to give more. Just found out about an orphanage that's, I didn't even know orphanages still exist. This is how, mm. this is how much in the, in the know that I am, didn't know orphanages still existed in the United States, in the United States, but they do found out about one near my house and I'm feeling like that might be something I am called to, to do work in. Um, and so those are just two quick things, but I think more than anything, dude, it's, is I like working so much. Um, I would love to have a deeper piece about all things that I'm working on though. So probably not the answer you were looking for or thought I would say, but it is, I, I just, not that I don't have peace, but I just want a peace that surpasses all understanding. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, you're out of questions. Cool. We still have 10 minutes. I mean. That's all right. Um, because the Eagles are on right now. So, Ooh. yeah. And we have YouTube TV now. So we can go watch it. Um, listen, 
if you need anything from, if you were looking for someone to speak at your school, if you need something from us, if you are interested in whatever else we do here, you can shoot us an email. If you have a specific question, I'd be happy to answer it for you. Um, my book, Teacher Class Off, is available on Amazon. And if your school is looking to get this, or if you're an administrator looking to get this for your staff, please send me an email at realrapwithreynolds at gmail.com. Um, or you can contact us right through the website and we will give you a significant dip discount for if your school is getting the book so that it's not, you're not paying like whatever it is, $24 on Amazon right now or something like that, or 17 sometimes when it's on sale. Um, it's less than all that because you're buying it in bulk. So if you need anything else from us, please hit us up on all the socials. Um, and that's it, gang. You good? Yeah. Did you, you get gotta, to it? No, you got to do that. Hit that know. like button and subscribe because it just helps us out. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.